Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. First Sunday of 2018, and I get to spend it with my church family. There's nothing better than that. As Pastor Hyden just mentioned, my name is Pastor Dean McQuillan, one of the pastors here at Walk, and today I have the privilege of kicking off a new series called Game Changer. I've had the privilege of being a part of the sporting world here in Las Vegas for the last 16 years. Great opportunity with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, also with Coach Mike Sanford. Mike Sanford's one of my favorite guys. Mike Sanford was the coach at UNLV football from 2005 through 2009. As I started the Fellowship of Christian Athletes back in 2005, he invited me to be a part of his coaching team, his coaching staff. I was the character slash inspirational coach. So I got to deal with all the headaches. But I also got to deal with the kickers, got to deal with the punters, work with them on a daily basis. But there was a time in my involvement with UNLV football where there was a game-changing moment. And if you've ever been a part of any type of sport, you have a favorite team, please pray for me. I'm a frustrated Kansas City Chiefs fan. For the sixth time in a row, we've lost a home playoff game. So wait until next year, all right? So that was a game changer yesterday, being up 21 to three, and we melted down in the second half. But there was a time with UNLV football that a game-changing moment took place, and that's why I hold this helmet here today. Because of that moment, I was given this helmet by Coach Sanford. Actually, a helmet that uh, was a part of our team's year. In fact, one of our players wore this helmet, and he gave it to me at the end of his tenure, and he says, you know, Dean, once a rebel, always a rebel. But it didn't start that easy. You know, when you're trying to break into a football team and build those relationships over a period of time, especially with 105 guys, not counting coaches, not counting medical staff, it takes a while. So there was a game-changing moment at UNLV football that allowed me to become a rebel officially because I was a part of the team. And it wasn't that day when it was fourth and long on our own 15-yard line we're down three points, and we have to score with a minute 30 left. Coach Sanford didn't come to me and say, Dean, what play should we run? That wasn't the game-changing moment. It wasn't when he came to me and, and said, you know what, we just lost our kicker right before halftime, All-American kicker, to an injury during a kickoff, and uh, we don't have another kicker. We know that you have some eligibility left. You're going to have to go suit him up and be our kicker second half. That wasn't it either. Gosh, I wish both of those were true. But neither one were. But this is when things changed. I had an incredible responsibility every Saturday for five years with UNLV football. My responsibilities on the field were from the 35-yard line to the 35-yard line. I was in charge of that, making sure that nobody crossed the line. It is amazing when people are on the sidelines, you would think that they're close enough to the action, right? They want to be on the field. Guess what I was? Every Saturday for 60 minutes, I was the get-back coach. That's an important position. You guys, you guys don't even know what a get-back coach is. The get-back coach 
what he does, he has his arms out for 60 minutes, backing everybody up. Because right in front of the football field, between the 35 and the 35, is a two-foot white line. And you cannot cross over that. Why? Because that line belongs to the line judge or the linesman, right? So when he's refereeing, and if you interfere with him, oh my. Ask Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer one time had a play happen right at the 50-yard line, and he sticks his nose in there, and as the referee is starting the clock, he slaps him in the face. <laughs> Plus, he gets a 15-yard penalty. So because of Coach Sanford being a part of Urban Meyer's system, he was very, very strict about the responsibilities of a get-back coach. So here we were. Everything's fine. I'm saying, guys, get back. Get back. I'm walking up and down the, the sideline. I make sure that the coaches are back in their proper spots. The players are back in their proper spots. The medical facility is back in their proper spots. And then all of a sudden, a pass play is coming our way. Right at us. And here comes the line judge. And he's running backwards to cover the play. And right as the play just gets ready to happen, one of our guys does one of these. As he's watching the play. The referee crashes into our player. Falls and rolls. He looks up at Coach Sanford, pulls his flag out, and throws it right at him. Penalty on the UNLV Rebels. Now, if you ever saw Coach Sanford in action, he was a very colorful guy on the sidelines, especially when things weren't going well. And I was the wrath of Coach Sanford's disgust. And he looked at me and he said, McQuillan, that penalty is on you. That is on you. And he got in my face. And I can't tell you everything that everybody was saying <laughs> on that sideline. But I was not feeling much like the football team at that moment. I was very upset at myself that I wasn't watching the players instead of watching the play. And of course, we get a penalty. But here's where the game-changing moment came into play. That helmet means something to me. And the reason why is because after that play, player after player after player during the end of that game, as we were walking off the field, as we walked into the locker room, coach, I just want to say, you're now a part of us. I said, really? I screwed it up. Oh no, you didn't screw it up. That was our fault. But for the very first time, we saw coach Sanford yell at you, just like he yells at us. <laughs> So now you're a part of our football team. So that was a game-changing moment in the sporting world. But I want to talk to you today about our new series, Game Changer. When God steps in and changes the game. Have you ever had that happen in you, your life? It's happened in my life. It's happened in my life many times. But the true game changer that we want to talk about in this series is when God gives you a word, when God gives you a scripture verse, when God gives you a passage of scripture, whatever that might be, so that when you get punched in the nose spiritually, you know that your faith is intact. Mike Tyson says it best, doesn't he? Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the nose. And that happened to us 26 years ago. When I say us, my wife, Dorlisa, and I accepted the call from God to go to Dillon, Montana to minister the word of God. And during that time, we had a chance to plant a beautiful church 
that is alive and well today. But before we went, we had a game-changing moment that if we hadn't gone through that moment, I guarantee you I wouldn't be here today. I would have quit. I would have quit. Now, people ask me all the time, does God talk to you? The answer is yes. Does he talk to me audibly? No. But when I read his word, he talks to me. So here we were, weeks before moving to Dillon, Montana. My wife and I had given up our successful careers. We had just sold our brand new home that we had built. We had family and friends that we loved dearly that we were moving 1,500 miles away from. We had a church that we loved dearly, a church of about 5,000 people. It was our home, away from home. But here we are, just getting ready to go out and do something big for God. But one of my dear friends, John Romero, John Romero grew up with me in the Lord. We got saved about the same time. We studied to be a pastor through the same uh, church, the same uh, seminary that we had there in, in Kansas City. And most of all, here's where I want to talk to you for a minute. You know what he was to me? He was my accountability partner. Do you have one of those in your life? Do you have somebody that you can go to and say, I need to be held accountable? Was because what God is doing in my life is big. And I want to make sure that I am exactly where I need to be. If you don't have one, find one. So Johnny Romero came to Dorlis and I weeks before we were getting ready to leave. And he just said, guys, I love you. And I think what you're getting ready to do is awesome. I, too, am getting ready to go out. And God's laid some things on my heart. He ended up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, starting the church there from scratch, going very, very well to this day. And he said to us this, do you have a verse? Do you have a word from God that when you get punched in the nose, when you get knocked off your horse, you have a place that you can go to and say, God, you're still there. Do you have that passage? Now, I had many favorite verses. I knew God's word. God's word was taught to me, and I was excited about teaching God's word. But I didn't have that one place to go to where I knew God was speaking right to me. So the challenge by Johnny Romero was this. Dean and Dorlisa, before we meet in the next couple of weeks, I want you both to get along with God, not with each other as individuals. I want you to get along with God and say, God, you show me that word in your Bible, so that when I get punched in the nose spiritually, I know that you're still there with me. And we took that challenge seriously. Two weeks later, we come back together. Johnny says, you guys find your verse? Yes, we found our verse. Well, let's open them up. My wife and I opened up, and now again, please understand, we didn't have any communication about what God was saying to us as individuals. And we, will, we opened our Bibles to the exact same chapter. And then he said, point to your verse, because he's noticing what's going on. We point to the exact same verse. 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 58. Please pull it up. I want you to see this incredible verse. This is the verse that God gave to me, Individually, and he gave to my lovely wife, Dorlisa, as we were getting ready to walk out 
and be on the mission field. And he says to us, is plain and as clear as possible during that time. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Father, we bow before you this morning. Father, thank you for this verse in my life. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to come to it often. And Lord, when I come to this verse, it's like you and I are sitting face to face, one on one, and you speak to me audibly through your word. I thank you, Lord, for your Bible, for the power that it is, for the very owner's manual that it is for our lives, for faith and practice as we live our lives for you, to bring honor and glory to your name. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to challenge my family, my church family here this morning, to have not only an accountability partner, but to find that passage of scripture. Because Lord, there's going to be a day that they too get punched in the nose. There's going to be a day that they get knocked off their horse and their faith will be shaken. Lord, show them that you're there for them. Show them like you have Dorlisa and I, what you would have us to do when we find ourselves in the dark when we find ourselves down in the dumps and even maybe full of depression because of the circumstances of life can be so heavy. So Father, today, I just pray with all my heart that you use this series, not only today, but next week as Pastor Hayden comes back and delivers the passage of scripture that he has been given by you to challenge us as well. So Father, be with us today in a mighty way. We love you. We thank you and praise you for all your many blessings. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at this passage again. Therefore, my beloved brothers, my beloved brothers, do you know what? You are all very beloved to me. You realize that? We're going into our third year of ministry. We're in 2018, first Sunday of the year. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I am a better person because of you. I am a better man because of you. I am more committed to my Lord and Savior because of you. And I hope I give you that same challenge back to you. As God has given us a responsibility to reach our brothers and sisters that we care for in this town that have maybe never have come to know Christ as Savior. Today, I want you to know that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you would have to willingly just say, Lord, I don't want anything to do with you after what I'm going to show you today. Is that fair? And if God shows you a need to put your faith and trust in him, please do that today. You know why? The Bible says today is a day of salvation. Today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Everybody I know and love, and even those that are strangers to me, when God gives me that opportunity, I want them to know that they've heard the gospel from Dean McQuillan because of what he's done for me. And I just want to say now, if you're here this morning, you've never put your faith and trust in him, please listen to what we have here this morning. I want you to see the power that I have found from this passage that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Because there's an incredible word here in this particular verse, and that word is therefore. We heard from Pastor Hyden last week. He preached a therefore passage, didn't he? Yes, he did. And we always have to ask, 
what it's there for. Now, I can honestly say, when God gave me this verse 26 years ago, I wasn't thinking about 1 Corinthians chapter 15 as a whole. But when he gave me this verse, and I knew it was a verse for me, you know what he told me? Find out what it's there for. Wow. All 57 verses up until verse 58 tell me why it's there. You know what it talks about? It talks about the power. I want you to see that there's power in what God is going to show us this morning. There's power in that. What we're going to find here this morning, as we look at this passage, we're going to find the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there is no way that I can preach all 57 of those verses in the time that we have here this morning. So what I want to do, I want to give you some highlights of why verse 15 or verse 58 is there, okay? And we're going to understand exactly why God is telling us to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What we find here in verse 1 of chapter 15 is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at this. Now I would remind you, brothers. How often do I need to be reminded God is good? All the time. You know why? I get caught up in this stupid world and all the things that get, come into my life to distract me. And I sometimes forget. And God has to remind me and that's what 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58 is all about. It reminds me. And so what we read here is very clear. It says, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins. What is that sin in your life today? What is that sin in my life today? You know the beautiful thing about that sin? God died for it. Past, present, and future. It's gone. It's gone. It says very clearly, what? Christ died for our sins. How do we know that? According to the scriptures, according to God's infallible word, that he was buried. You know why Paul felt it important to say that he was buried? Because there were some during this time that didn't believe Jesus really died. And therefore, he didn't really raise again. There was a group that wanted to have everybody believe that that was a falsehood. But he died. He died. You know, in our world today, there's a lot of gods that our world finds as one that they worship. But I want to say this. Every god that the people have found in this world to worship has died. Guess what? Jesus Christ is the only one that's raised again. And how do we know that? According to Scripture. Why do we know that? On the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures. What I want you to see today, what I want you to be reminded of today, is that your faith is to be steady. Right? That's what he says in verse 58. Be steadfast. Immovable. You know what I like about something that's immovable? It doesn't change. Our faith is not to change. It's like Christmas. You know what? We just celebrated Christmas. You know what I love about Christmas? I know that on December 25th, 2018, it's going to be Christmas again. I know that on December 25th, 2025, it's going to be there again. And that's what God wants us to be for him. He wants us to be steady. He wants us to be immovable. You know why? You're going to get punched in the nose and want to quit. Yeah. 
six weeks after we get to Montana. Are you ready for this? All hell broke loose. We were nice people. All hell broke loose. It was, it was ugly. And you know what many were telling me to do? Go home. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Let me tell you about 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. I am not going home. We didn't leave our families, our church, our careers, our home for one punch in the nose and then head out. That's not going to happen. But guess what? Not only did we get punched in the nose, it hurt really bad. And down deep, I wanted to go home. I'm just being honest with you. Maybe you're there today. Maybe you've been punched in the nose. Maybe your faith today is a little shaky. Be steadfast. Be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? It's not in vain. What we do for the Lord is not in vain. Why? It's for his honor and glory. It's not for you. It's not about you. It's about him. So the day, as we go through this passage, I want you to see the power of what is going on in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Not only did Jesus die for you and I, not only did he die for our sins, but he's promised us a place for all of eternity called heaven. You know why I think we need to be reminded of heaven? We forget. We forget it's a literal place. And I want to remind all of us here this morning that when heaven becomes more real to you, guess what else becomes more real to you? Hell becomes more real. Hell is a real place. And I don't want any of those that I love and care for to ever experience that because I've read about it. I've read about it in the Gospel of Mark. I see this horrible place, it's literal. But guess what? If you're here this morning and your faith is a little shaky, I want you to know we have won the battle through Jesus Christ. He rose again. Izzy today, where's Izzy? Izzy, hold your hand up. I can't see you. There you are. She's sporting her Jesus Wins t-shirt today. It's more than just a t-shirt. Jesus wins, amen? amen? And because he wins, we win. And because he wins, and because he was resurrected, we too, one day, will not have to deal with this fleshly body that is so easily tempted, that is so easily weakened to where we fall to every temptation that comes our way. Amen? So I want to remind you, not only did God die for our sins, not only did he die for us to have everlasting life, but he talks about it. Look what we read in chapter 15 and verse 40 through 44. Look what the Bible says here. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. All right? But the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for stars differs from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. I was born in sin, so were you. But look at this. It is raised in glory. Why? Because of the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why. Look what else. Yes, let's clap. That's Haydn's rule. If one claps, we all clap. Praise the Lord for what he's done. Look what else we see. 
What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. We are so weak at times, aren't we? At least I am. I'm so weak sometimes. And I hate when I'm like that. But look at this. It is raised in power. That's what we have to look forward to. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. I want to challenge you this week to get into 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and be reminded of the power of Jesus Christ. The power that he has over your sin. The power that he has over your weaknesses. The power that he has to give you and I one day everlasting life. In this beautiful place that the book of Revelation talks about. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more sickness. No more tears. Wow. I look forward to that. I look forward to that. That's what we have as we look at the therefore. What is 1 Corinthians 58 there for? Well, I want to share with you the last one. Jesus wins. Why does Jesus win? It's very clear. The resurrection brings us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the thing that I love about this passage is this. This is what I believe is the game-changing moment for all believers. Remember I shared with you my game-changing moment at UNLV? My game-changing moment when we went to Montana? This was the game-changing moment the day I got saved. The day you got saved. This is a beautiful piece of scripture. I want you to look with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51. Look what we read. Behold, I declare. Look what he says. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised. Imperishable. And we shall be changed. Changed, by the way, for all of eternity. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the perishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. That's a clap. That's a clap. You and I who have our faith in Jesus Christ, the day that we leave this earth physically, we're going right into that spiritual body. And we will be with him for all of eternity. Forever and forever and forever. You want to play a mind game with yourself real quick? Think about what happens after forever and forever and forever. It goes on forever and forever and forever. That is weird to me. It's hard for me to put my mind around that. You know why? Because I see the horrible things that happen to all of us around the world every day. And how people perish. How people die and go off into eternity. But the Bible says, that's not the case. Death is swallowed up in victory. I love this rhetorical question. Oh, death, where is your victory? It's a rhetorical question. There is none. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Here's another rhetorical question. Oh, death. Where is your sting? One of my dear friends in Della, Montana, Dean Wolburn, a rancher, man in about late 60s, out on his horse one day, moving cattle, 
rattlesnake made his horse jump. He goes over the top of the horse, and as soon as he hit the ground, he broke his neck. Dead. I had the chance to preach his funeral. And what a blessing it was that day. Because I got to preach this passage. And when he hit that ground, as soon as he hit that ground, it was over here, but just starting there. Yes, Yes, clap to that stuff. This is real stuff. This is God's word. So he says, the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and, Je- Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Therefore, therefore, be steadfast. Be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? For your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. 